All right. Hey, as you guys are going back to your seats, you grab your Bibles. Join me, please, in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 14 through 22 tonight. You know, all right, guys. You should have a sheet there that'll help you kind of stay with me. I remember, shh, I remember when I first was saved, I remember just how excited I was when I first became a Christian. It was, I was so pumped up, I was so fired up to, to, uh, to that, that, I, that I had given my life over to God. All right, look, y'all need to do me something for me. I gave you almost an hour to jump around and sing and all this stuff. So give me your time now, okay? A little bit fair there. So focus on me for just a few minutes, all right? I remember when I first got saved, how excited I was about it. I remember my friends would call me up, and they would, like, ask me a question. It wouldn't even, like, be a spiritual question. It could just be a question about anything. Like, hey, man, how do you get to uh, this, this place? How do you get to Greenville? And I'd be like, I don't know. Let me look at my Bible. Like, I mean, everything. Everything uh, that, that I said or did, man, I was in the Word. I was just tearing through it. I was reading it every day. I was asking questions. Uh, I was calling up my buddies that were, uh, had been saved for a while. Man, I was just, I was so fired up for God. And then time happened. And as time went on, I went from reading my Bible every day to being okay with reading it three times a week. And I was like, all right, I'll read it three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll take Saturday and Sunday off. Because Sunday I go to church, man, I'm in the Word then, so I'm all good. And, and then those three days a week, it went from Monday, Wednesday, Friday to, oh, man, Friday's got so much stuff going on. Monday, Wednesday. I'll, I'll read my Bible Monday and Wednesday. And I'll read it for an extra... 10 minutes. Monday, Wednesday went from, went, it went from Monday, Wednesday down to just Monday because I had church on Wednesday night. See, I was getting the Bible on Sunday and Wednesday, and I was like, man, throw in one more day. I'm still three days a week. I'm good. Monday ended as well. And so after a while, it ended up that I was just reading my Bible when I went to church. I was only praying right before mealtime. I became something that God absolutely despises. There's a group of you here tonight that are a lot like I was, and you've been really deceived about where you stand in your faith, where you're at in your faith, in your walk with Christ. Some of you think that, that everything's okay, 
that, that as long as you read your word once a week or twice a week, right, as long as you're going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, as long as you don't cuss or smoke or do drugs, everything's all right. You're in the clear. And the truth of the matter is, you are in the clear. You are saved. Because the Bible says that once you're saved, God takes your sins and he separates them as far as the east is from the west. You can never, you can never lose your salvation. It cannot happen. Once you are truly saved, you cannot lose your salvation. But you can lose your fire. And if you lose your fire, you become useless to God. And that is a lot of you in here tonight. A lot of you in here tonight. You have lost your fire. And you are useless to God. Tonight we're going to talk about the lukewarm Christian. Alright? Revelation chapter 3, the first two chapters of Revelation, Jesus is writing these letters through John. Okay? John, the, uh, the disciple John, all right? He wrote the book of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, right? So, so J Jesus, who is the head of the church, is like doing an examination on the seven greatest churches of this period. And, and because he's the head of the church, it gives him the right to look over each one of those churches and say, okay, this is what you're doing right, and this is what you're not doing so well. Well, here's the deal. The church is made up of people. And so he's looking at the hearts of the people within these churches. And he's saying, hey, this is what you're doing that's good. This is what you're doing that's not so good. And so he writes seven letters. And the letter that we're going to look at, spend a little time in, is the letter to the church of Laodicea. Join me, please, in Gen uh, Revelation 3, 14. It says this, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things, these things says the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were hot or cold. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with the eyes of that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant, grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Laodicea was a church that could be classified as a materialistic church. They were a wealthy church. Laodicea was known for the wealth it was a, a manufacturer of this special isov that, that Jesus quotes here. It was uh, they manufactured this black, uh, glossy wool cloth, um, 
it, it was also located near a city called Heropolis. And, and uh, in Heropolis was these famous hot springs, okay? And so from Heropolis, Heropolis, however you say it, the, um, the water would flow to Laodicea, all right? But it was also Laodicea sat on the, in the between Heropolis and Colossae, right? And so Colossae was known for their great, pure, cold water. And so as the water was flowing to Laodicea, and the hot combined with the cold, by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. All right? Have you ever had a beverage that was neither hot nor cold? Right? You ever been sitting at a, 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 like a restaurant, and, and your tea glass has been sitting there for a little while, and it's got really watered down? You know, and it's, it's just, you take a sip of it, and it's like, ugh. Like, I've woken up before in the mornings and, and had gone to bed the night before and had put a glass of tea next to my bed and woke up and be like, oh, mm, I need something to drink, and grabbed it and take a sip, and it was horrible. All right? You ever done that before? You ever tasted something lukewarm? Yes? No? All right, it's pretty nasty, isn't it? All right. See, if it's cold, it's great to drink. All right? Take, for instance, milk. All right, take for instance milk. There, I can't drink milk, so I, I'm not speaking from, from uh, experience here. I can't drink milk. If I did, it'd be bad. So, but I've seen other people drink milk, and they're like, man, I want a good cold glass of milk, right? And I've just, you did all the foam on top of it, you know, and you got the little mustache going on. It's yummy. Dip your little chocolate chip cookies in it, all right? All right, so take that milk and heat it up. Right? And, and on a, a cold winter's night, fill that mug up with Hershey chocolate. Got you some hot milk and chocolate. Right? And then let it cool off a little bit. And drink that nice, lukewarm chocolate milk. And you will be having the same problem that I have when I drink milk. You will vomit. Jesus is telling these people at the church of Laodicea, you are useless. You are lukewarm. You're making me sick. And because of that, I'm about to spew. Now let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I've heard people spew before. And it's pretty gross. Yes, I'm talking about Emily. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, her spewing is probably nothing like God throwing up. Sit down. So what was wrong with Laodicea? It was simply doing absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. It was useless. And because of their uselessness, Jesus was sick at his stomach. There's some things that I want you to see tonight. I want you to compare yourself to the individuals at the church of Laodicea. Because there's a lot of you here tonight that are living this lukewarm life and you are useless to God. So there's three things that I want to point out to you tonight. The first thing is this. 
We see in this chapter, in verses 16 and 17, that the lukewarm Christian loses their drive. The lukewarm Christian loses their drive. Verses 16 and 17 say this, So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The lukewarm Christian loses their drive. In the Christian life, there are three spiritual temperatures. There's one I talked about in the opening. There's the burning heart. The burning heart that is on fire for God. That's up there, Emily. The second one is a cold heart. There's a cold heart driven by the wickedness of man. And the third is the lukewarm heart. It is idled. It is useless. It is indifferent. All right. When I was a sophomore in high school, I drove a 1990, okay, some of y'all are like, that's old. I drove a 1990 Four Tours. It was blue, four doors, pretty nice. You know, it was a car. I got to get around in it and stuff. One day, it was an automatic transmission, all right? One day, I decided that I wanted to see how well an automatic transition, transmission could spin some wheels, all right? So I come to a stop, flat surface road. I stop, put it down in neutral. I just gun the engine as hard as I could. I mean, the, it was down to the, to the, uh, the metal, the pedal was on the metal, all right? I mean, it was down. And that thing was just like, and I grabbed it, and I threw it into drive. And when I did, the car went nowhere. It went absolutely nowhere. The steering wheel did like this, and I just sat there. And I totally ripped the transmission out of the car. And it cost my dad $1,500. Yes. To this day, he does not know how I tore the transmission out of the car. Uh, and that's a, another topic online. So because I had destroyed, because I had destroyed the transmission, I wasn't able to go anywhere. I had no power to make the car go. Right? The transmission was receiving absolutely nothing from the engine. And I can mash the gas and, and nothing happened. So the church in Laodicea, they had no fire to make them go. They were idle. They were useless. They were just kind of coasting along. And there are many of you here tonight, and you're just kind of coasting along. You've lost your drive. You've lost your drive. You've lost your motivation. You're not doing anything to help your relationship with God. You are useless. You are a lukewarm Christian, and Jesus himself is about to spew you out of his mouth. There are ten ways to know that you have lost your drive and that you're a lukewarm Christian. Number one, lukewarm people attend church fairly regularly. It is what is expected of them, what they believe good Christians do, so they go. A lukewarm Christian Lukewarm people give money to charity and to the church as long as it doesn't impinge on their standard of living. If they have a little extra and it is easy and safe to give, they do so. After all, God does love a cheerful giver. Lukewarm people tend to choose what is popular over what is right. 
when they are in conflict. They desire to fit in. Okay? They desire to fit in both at church and outside of the church. Their actions, I'm sorry, they are more about what people think of their actions than what God thinks of their hearts and their lives. Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They want only to be saved from the penalty of their sin. It's kind of like they're only upset if they get caught doing what they're doing. They don't genuinely, gen, genuinely hate sin and aren't truly sorry for it. They're merely sorry because God is going to punish them. Lukewarm people don't really believe that this new life Jesus offers is better than the old sinful one. Lukewarm people are moved by stories of people who do radical things for Christ, yet they do not act. They assume such action is for extreme Christians, not average Christians. Lukewarm people rarely share their faith with their neighbors, co-workers, or friends, and they do not want to be, because they don't want to be rejected, nor do they want uh, to make people uncomfortable by talking about private issues like religion. Lukewarm people say they love Jesus, and he is indeed a part of their lives, their money, and their thoughts, but he isn't allowed to control their lives. Lukewarm people are thankful for their luxuries and comforts and rarely consider trying to give as much as possible to the poor. Lukewarm people do whatever is necessary to keep themselves from feeling too guilty. They want to do the bare minimum to be good enough without requiring too much of them. Lukewarm people probably drink and swear less than average, but besides that, they really aren't very different from your typical unbeliever. They compare, they compare their partial, partially clean lives with the godliness, with godliness. But they couldn't be more wrong. Guys, when you're lukewarm and you have no drive and you're a use, unuse, you're a useless Christian. God can't do anything with you. There is not much difference between you and an unbeliever. A lukewarm Christian loses their values. Verses 17 and 18 says, Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see. A lukewarm Christian loses their values. The Laodiceans boasted that they were rich when in fact they were really poor. Perhaps we have a uh, a hint of, of why this church declined spiritually. They had become proud of their, their ministry and had begun to measure things by human standards instead of by spiritual values. They were in the eyes of the Lord wretched and miserable. And they were poor. Instead of taking value in what the Scripture said that they should live by, they took value in what the world said they should live by. They allowed the world to completely invade their church, and it changed their morals. It changed their values. An example of this that is going on today in this country and in your lives is this idea of homosexuality being natural. 
you, are, you see on television all the time through different shows that you guys watch where, where they have a homosexual couple or a homosexual person on there. And it's, it's they're always um, they're being shoved down your throat to try to make you be okay with people being gay. And I'm not going to stand here and say that you should not like the person. I'm telling you that you should not like what they do. You need to try to witness to the person. But the point is this. There is a movement within churches now. Certain churches that are saying that being gay is all right. And, and they're basing that standard based on what the world is moving toward and not the book of God. See, they say, they say that they can't find any scriptures that say homosexuality is wrong, but they're not looking hard enough because Romans 2 is an entire chapter about how homosexuality is unnatural. Romans 2 and parts of Revelation, the end of Revelation, talk about the homosexuals and the sexually immoral and how they will be thrown into the lake of fire. It is condemned all throughout the Bible, but yet the world is trying to convince you that it is okay. And there are certain churches that are beginning to accept this thought. And more and more and more, we are uh, being unable to tell the difference in a Christian and a non-believer. And guys, that's why the world is in the shape that it's in now. Because as believers, we are just giving in to the world's standards instead of standing up and saying, that is not the standard by which I'm going to live. If you are a believer, this bull about just standing idly aside and not standing up for what the Word of God says, it's got to stop, or sooner or later, the truth will be so distorted in this country that you'll never be able to recognize it again. We cannot allow our values to get mixed in with what the world says is okay. Guys, it's not okay to have sex before marriage, whether or not you use protection. Whether or not you're going to marry that person. It's not okay to drink before the age of 21, and it's never okay to be drunk. It's not okay to constantly compare yourself to other celebrity girls or celebrity guys and then try to make your body form in that manner because you're living to the world's standards and not the standards set forth in God's Word. It's not okay to rebel against your mom and dad. It's not okay to be one thing here at church and then at school will be something completely different. See, we're scared because, because we're scared that, that if we start standing up for our beliefs, that your friends are going to look at you and say, man, you're, you're radical. 
that is a radical, uh, you're just, you're crazy. And what you should do is stand up and say, that's right, I'm crazy. I'm crazy because I'm standing up for what I believe in. I'm different because I stand up for what I believe in. That's what you need to be doing. Instead of sitting idle. A lukewarm Christian will just stand at the side and never stand up and fight. The lukewarm Christian has lost their Christian values. The third and final thing that I want you to see is that a lukewarm Christian loses their vision. Verse 18. Verse 18 says again, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see. He's saying you need to clean out your eyes so that the vision can be cast again. Acts 1.8, Jesus gives us the vision. He says, you need to go and be my witnesses. Not here at First Baptist Barnwell. But he says, go to Judea. Go to Samaria. Go to the ends of the earth. And so for you guys, that means go to your high school and be a missionary. That means go to the middle school and be a missionary. Go and stand up for what you believe in. The Laodiceans were blind. Peter, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9 says, Make every effort to add to your faithful, to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. See, you get so wrapped up in you, you get so wrapped up in living for the world, that you lose sight of what's important. And what's important is loving God and loving people. And outside of that, nothing else is important. But see, you guys, y'all live in a different time than what I grew up in. And, and when I grew up, there was nothing going on on Sundays except for church. There was nothing going on on Wednesday nights except for church. And, and just coming to church, like I said, that doesn't mean that you're a Christian. That doesn't just mean that's the only thing that you have to do. But man, it's important. And, and we didn't have all these other things that were distracting us on a consistent basis. But you guys, man, y'all have to choose between playing soccer on Sundays. Some of you are uh, playing baseball, playing uh, basketball on Wednesday nights and, and volleyball on Wednesday nights and choosing between coming to church and school. And, and man, that makes it difficult on you guys. But you can never lose sight of what's important. School is not the most important thing in your life. God is. 
And nothing sets above your relationship with God. If it does, you're going to find yourself about ready to be vomited out of Christ's mouth. Because what happens is it starts out real simple, real small, and you start doing this thing in place of of your relationship with God. You, You place this in front of it, and then you place the next thing in front of it, and then you place the next thing on top of that, and you place the next thing on top of that, and you place the next thing on top of that. And your relationship with God and God himself is just suppressed in your life. Eventually it becomes non-existent. You've got this complete wall built between you and your relationship with God. And Jesus, in verse 20 of this, he says, I stand and I knock at your door. If you hear me, open it and I'll come in. He's saying you've built up so much stuff that I'm having to knock at the door. I'm not in your life. I don't exist in your life. And for the lukewarm Christian, yeah, you may, when you die, you may go to heaven, sure. But you are being so ineffective right now. And being a Christian, it's not just about going to heaven. Being a believer in Christ, it's not just about going to heaven. It's about being an example to those other people around you who aren't believers so that they can go to heaven with you. Who are you to decide for somebody else whether or not they get saved? There are so many of you that are just lukewarm. And to you, Jesus says, be earnest and repent or he's going to throw you up now what exactly does he mean by throw you up well usually when you vomit you do it in the toilet and then you trash it you flush it and you never see it again it's just useless stop being a useless christian it is, it is the lukewarm Christian that makes it hard on those of us that are really trying our best to live the life the way we're supposed to. It's you guys that, have, that, uh, that other people look at and they say, well, hey, he goes to church and he says he's a Christian, but yet when he comes to school, he's doing all this other stuff that ain't in your Bible. Why should I buy into that? That's on you. You guys really need to think about that. Let's pray.